Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to Geek 5 Live. Hey, this is Michael Rosenbaum, uh, Lex Luthor from Smallville, The Flash, and the Justice League. And you're listening to Geek Vibes Live. Yes, you are. And we have another special interview for you guys tonight. Uh, we have an incredible actor from an incredible show that all of us have binged uh, within the last couple of weeks. Uh, hi, this is Dane Alsmay. I should do that first, uh, give a little bit of an introduction. Um, Hope you guys are all doing great, and I hope that you've got a chance to watch the incredible miniseries called The Punisher um, on Netflix. Uh, from that, we have an amazing actor who's been not only in The Punisher, but such films as Sorcerer Apprentice and A Lonely Place for Dying. Uh, from the upcoming film, A Lost of Shadows, and playing the role of Curtis Hoyle in the incredible Netflix show, The Punisher. Geek by Nation, give it up for our special guest tonight, the amazing Jason R. Moore. Jason, good to have you oh. with us. Oh, thank you, thank you, uh, thank you for that introduction. Is uh, quite grand for little old me. <laughs> hey man, I think that you, you proved doing? to have a little bit of grandness uh, in your performance as Curtis in The Punisher. I just want to give you big praise for that. I appreciate that. Thank you. So, how long have you been in? Uh, how long have you been acting? And um, uh, you know, name some influences of yours, some of your favorite actors in the game right now. Okay, great, great. Um, well, I've been at it for a while. This stuff just doesn't happen overnight. Uh, but I've been at it for about, let's see, since professionally I would say, this is at post-learning, so about um, <clears throat> 17 years, right? So about like that long. And some of my influences, of course, is um, Denzel, uh, you know, Don Cheadle, um, there's so many, man. It's, it's it's even hard to even say them all at this point. Um, but you got even Brad Pitt, um, uh, I'm not coming to mind right now. But there's there's so many. <laughs> but these are these are some of the, the actors I've looked at, watched their stuff, and even stole stuff from them. So yeah. Yeah, I apologize. It was kind of a loaded question. Uh, me being uh, a thespian who never made it as far as you have uh, in, in acting, uh, and just being a lover of film, I mean, there's like a million actors, but you definitely named uh, one of my favorites, Denzel Washington. Well, you named several people I like, obviously, but Denzel's definitely a good model for any actor. Um, but, uh, you know, I guess since we are a comic book-related type of thing, I, I have to ask you, uh, did you like comics growing up? Of course, they were colorful. <laughs> they, they were. Uh, they, they, that was the first thing that attracted me as a child. But then, yeah, yeah, I definitely love comics. Um, I must be, I must be honest. So, like, I fell out of comics when they started to, like, my heroes started to fight 
my other heroes. I never liked that when I was growing up. I couldn't even handle that. So at that point, when I started to come across those comics, I stopped stopped reading them, which is this is interesting. But that's just like some weird thing that went on with me and comics early on. But yeah, of course, I started out with uh, reading and watching comics for sure. So comics like Identity Crisis and um, and Civil War weren't some of your favorites for obvious reasons, and I mean that's understandable. Who wants to see the heroes that you love uh, fighting the other heroes that you love? They're supposed to be fighting the villains, but I guess it makes the complexities in stories, and that's a good um, good way to go into the comic book series that you were involved in with the Punisher. Um, did you read a lot of Punisher? I read a little bit of Punisher, not a lot of Punisher. Um, um, but just just a little like some of the ones that I came across didn't even know which issues they were. Um, it's just whenever I came across a Punisher comic, um, I didn't follow it, but I did like the fact that it was based in like reality out of like m- some of the other more popular comic books. It's like this is just a guy who was just who went through something anybody can go through and had the same abilities that anybody could develop. So yeah, that was the special interest I had with the Punisher. Yeah, I think that's something that definitely draws fans into Frank Castle, uh, just because, yeah, and even me, who's been a huge comic book fan of my life, you know, Punisher was not something that I think I read, like, a lot of arcs of. It was more of like, you know, someone told me about a good storyline, so I would read it, but... Um, it, just due to the subject matter, too, you got to take a break. And even though I loved y'all series, I actually had a, you know, I binged it still within two days. But I had to, like, watch, like, Bob's Burgers or, like, uh, uh, Family Guy in between some of the episodes because some of the intensity of the subject matter. Yeah. But I think that I think that just says for him, um, you know, just, just given from your performance and John's performance and just the, uh, the outcome of the show, I, I do want to mention, since we're still on the course of comics before we actually go into The Punisher, I agree, but a lot of our fans on Geek Vibration want me to mention to you that um, whether it be movies or television, because there's two different universes, we all think that you would be a great Jon Stewart, Green Lantern. Um, a lot of the stuff that you, you did in The Punisher, just being that compassionate ex-military, uh, really resonated with a lot of us. And we think that if they were to bring life into that character, uh, you would be a great actor to do that for. Have you heard that you before? You know what? You should, I did hear that. And I, I would uh, promote you guys to go and mention that to the studios and tell them that. <laughs> Sway them to go my way when they look to fill that role. But, yeah, I would definitely do that. I think you guys are right. I think it would be an interesting part to play for sure. Well, Jeff Johns, when you guys figure out your stuff in the film industry, um, you know who to talk to with Jason. And Greg Berlanti, I know that you, you're rocking with television stuff. Same thing. This guy is your Jon Stewart, regardless of what format you go for. But let's go back into the, uh, the Punisher. Um, what was it like getting a part for the Punisher? Well, it was it was a shock. Um, you know, it's like it's like every kid's dream, I guess. Like when you when you um you you read these things as you, you when you're a child, and then you grow up, and then you get to play and do the same thing. And on top of that, you, you know, you get paid to do this stuff. But but um yeah, just being able to be in a comic the comic book universe is like it's yeah. it's a dream. It's a dream job as an actor, as like a guy who's into it before. It's like you can't. So for me, I was shocked when it first happened, and I was actually stunned. So my buddy could tell you that I almost couldn't do anything because I was just like, it's like I worked so hard for so many years, and then finally, and then it's like a really good project too. So 
So I was I was uh in the moment when it happened and I got word, I was quite shocked. I I, I don't blame you. I mean, in retrospect, like you said, uh, besides being a part of a great Netflix TV show, you are a a great character involved in Punisher, who's a part of this giant Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's even getting bigger now with the whole talks with Fox, uh, you know, giving up some of the properties. Like this is a huge. Uh, you know, always growing universe, and you have a part in it, and that's maybe maybe you'd be cheating on Marvel if you played John Stewart um, for DC, but regardless, it's still cool to have this part involved in it. Um, I got a chance to uh, interview one of your co-stars, someone that you spent a lot of screen time with, uh, the Australian um, Daniel Weber uh, as Lewis, and uh, you know, I it was before the show came out, and I really wish I got to watch his performance. Um, I think that you guys killed it in scenes that you were in, and I think that you guys both gave off incredible performances. But what was it like working with Daniel? I'll say this: like um, after we got to watch the film after it was released on Netflix, we didn't get like an early preview other than the first two episodes. But as I got to watch the journey of of Lewis Daniel's character, and I I seen it up until that point where I'm not going to give any spoilers. Um, but that, that certain episode, I got on the phone with him right away, and I had to commend him on his performance. It was, it was, it was like we're both working, and you don't see it because you know we're trying to make the scenes happen, and it, you could feel it, the, the 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 visceral spark when you're working together with such a good actor. But after seeing seeing it, oh, it was on another level, and I, I had to call him right away and say, "Yo, I cannot." I texted him and called him. I was like a fanboy because I was like. Yo, you killed it. You killed it. And I didn't see the other scenes, so when I saw all that come together, I was like, awesome, man. I was like, yo, awesome. Unbelievable performance for me. No, and especially that one scene that you guys share after he's, you know, shown the bunker that he created, and you kind of walk around the yard, and you're like, hey, buddy, you all right? Like, there was just a lot of, um, there was a lot of, um, you're a very, very compassionate character, man. That's uh, someone for a show that's about ex-military and like all the direction of where your brain can go due to PTSD. And you're the guy that's trying to help everyone. Um, even though you're the one who lost the most, it seems, uh, well, maybe not Frank, but that's for a different concept altogether. Um, Mm -hmm. it just, that scene in general where you're trying to reach out to him was just a beautiful scene. And, uh, you know, unfortunately he, uh, you know, shut you out and then later on, did some other stuff, but uh, just just great character development, and uh, you guys both were fantastic. Um, another guy that I have to ask with uh, ask about, obviously, is what was it like working with John Bernthal as an actor? And, and, and John Bernthal is, like I've said countless times, he's an actor's actor. And what I mean by that is that um, he gets into it uh, as much as, let's say, a kid in theater school is going to get into it. There's no, there's no pretenses. Like if the scene requires him to be pumped up, oh, he's gonna get pumped up right then and there on set, and you're gonna feel it. And he doesn't care what's going on behind the camera or anything like this. It's what matters is that what, what happens in the scene, and that he reaches his point uh, to bring this scene alive. And it also influences anybody I think he's gonna be working with. And it happened to me, uh, and so he goes there, he goes there, and that's what I mean by an actor's actor is like. He he goes there, and you either go there with him or he's going to yank you there. 
that's just the energy that he gives. Uh, such a such a well-rounded guy, uh, and it was a pleasure working with him. Um, you, you just you, you get to see how he he leads the set, um, and, and that was a great thing to learn. And yeah, kudos to John because he's a really good guy to work with. Yeah, I mean, and and I'm, I sure think the, that's I'm sure the thing. other guys, I'm sure the other guys on will say the same thing. But kudos, John. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh no, you're fine, uh, Jason. I was uh, I was about to say actually that, I mean, his intensity. Is, I've not seen many actors be able to match that in anything that he's in. Doesn't matter if it's Snitch, Walking Dead, uh, you know, uh, Fury. He's always got this. It's almost like he channels just naturally um, Robert De Niro's performance in Taxi Driver uh, somehow a little bit, and especially with Punisher, just so in, unhinged. But the one thing, and you probably would agree with this, is that what I love about the show is that with John's character as a Punisher, he is sadistic. He is completely out of his mind and will just brutally murder people without remorse. But he's actually a good guy, and he actually – has values and he's actually trying to be the better person despite everything that's horrible that's happened to into his life from a character like you, you know, playing Curtis, who was a good guy without all that. Uh, do you think that Curtis uh, thinks that he fits into Frank's world um, or does he ignore stuff that Frank does in order to be able to maintain their friendship? No, I think, I think these guys are uh, really good friends. And part of that is that good friends allow you to be who you are, and I think that happens. And I think that also um, Curtis has his own demons. He's going through his own PTSD. He just has a better cap, has a better facade covering all that right now. Um, but too far fetched to see Curtis um, go over the edge at some points. <clears throat> yeah, he's pretty grounded, but he's still working on his issues. Um, and like he says in, in a particular episode, um, I don't want to get that information away, but what he says is that, you know, he's talking to everyone, he's talking to himself. And so he has a really good cap on things for now, but he could, uh, you know, he could, he could flip his lid at any moment. Um, some insight on Curtis there. And, uh, and yeah, but in terms of the relationship between Curtis and Frank, these guys are real, they know each other. They know each other the best. They get to be real around each other. And uh and 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 that's a really good dynamic that you see on screen too. Yeah, no, I, I completely I, I get that. Uh I guess the question would be, uh, is is he intense in real life? Like is he a personality or is he much calmer than he seems or is he just he he seems like he could be very, very intense or he could be that guy that's like, you know, wants to go and uh kill some beers at the bar, kinda of like a stuckle Steve Austin sort of thing, you know? Oh well, yeah, he's he's that guy, and intense. <laughs> so, so he's that guy that's going to get some beers, that's some beers at the bar, but he's intense with it. Like John is an intense guy. Uh, yeah. But again, he's caring. Like he he has he has a gentle side. He's a caring guy, and it's a reason why I, you know people want to work with him. Man, he's a really good person, right? Uh, it, what comes along with the intensity, right? And 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 it's like yeah, he just doesn't take. You know, he comes. You know, he's a guy that might not take that BS, but you know, he's a really level-headed, good person. Genuinely, intense, level-headed, good person. <laughs> yeah, 
hey, you know, I, I can't wait to see more of you guys together um, in any type of format because I think you guys have great chemistry. But uh, John, every time he picks another project, I'm just like, all right, let's do this. Yep. Uh, you know, yep. so it's like a shot of, shot of adrenaline almost. But um, let's go into the subject matter of your show because I, I really want people to concentrate on the fact that this is a show with a vigilante that has a lot going on against or uh, you know, against him and stuff like that. But it's not just that. You guys really tackled some huge issues like PTSD and gun control. And, you know, speaking with uh, speaking with uh, my cousin who was in the military and, and, and friends within the industry and, and just that were in the military, they claim that you guys did it the best out of anything they've seen previous of, like, what it's like for a soldier um, to deal with PTSD outside of, you know, coming back from, from, from war. Um, first thing I should ask, because I shouldn't just assume, um, were you in the military at all? Um, and uh, how, how much knowledge do you have of PTSD if you weren't in the military going into this? Uh, well, I wasn't in, in, in the military, uh, but in, in preparation for the role, I got to speak to a lot of people who were, and I'm talking about people who lost limbs, people who just didn't come back, as the person that they left. I have family members who served. And so I saw it. I saw the changes in them. Um, and when I saw I didn't know it was PTSD because I was younger, of course. Uh, but now um, I can explain it. And, yes, it's a real thing. And we didn't set out to say, um, hey, we're going to be the best. We're going to try to demonstrate this the best out of every show ever or whatever. I think that we approach it just honestly, and and uh, you know I like Absolutely. to let people know like the people who like are in the scenes and the support groups, they're all vets. They were people who served and lost limbs and and are going through PTSD, and they were a tremendous source of like information. Uh, and we got to talk like at, in between takes and in in private sessions, and you could really get into the psyche of a soldier who has to return back into society and then there's almost nothing for them to do. So that plays a part. They're not the same person they were when they left. And and it's largely ignored, I think, in our society. We just don't talk about it enough. We don't I think it's just not dealt with enough. And then so these these guys and, and gals are often having to fend by the, for themselves. And they just don't have it. They don't have the resources on their own. And I think it's 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 the responsibility of the government to take care of these these vets who return back into society. Um, but yeah, we we, uh, we took an honest approach to it, um, and we we just knew that we just knew that it was yeah, you know, the way I approach my craft is is to be as honest and real as possible. So I need to know about it as much. Because even before the physicality, I wanted to just try to understand as much as I could the psychology, and I think that would influence the physicality and everything else. I agree, and I mean, uh, you know, the second thing that you guys, uh, I, I always, I, I, a lot of the problems that we have uh, within the U.S., and I think that you guys were really responsible about not releasing uh, at the uh, New York Comic Con uh, due to what happened, the tragedy in Vegas. Uh, we have, yeah. to me at least. We have a mental control or a mental disorder issue, epidemic actually, disguised as a gun control issue, um, where 
whether it be PTSD or something else, uh, a lot of it stems with that. But you guys also handled gun control, I think, very intelligent and very down the middle. Um, I haven't seen a lot of people try to do that either, of trying to just, you know, be very one way and the other, try to explain every part of it. So it's not just black and white. And I think that's very, very important. Um, but getting back to that, with that tragedy happening, and, and unfortunately this happening, an alarming rate, were you worried about the release of the Punisher due to the subject matter with something like that happening? Um, to be quite honest, yeah. I mean, it was. Uh, I was having a private conversation with a buddy of mine, and uh, this is before the Punisher was going to be released, any announced date or anything like that. And um, the only thing that was announced that was going to happen was Comic-Con. Uh, my buddy said to me, just, you know, quietly, just kind of like, matter of fact, he's like, the only thing I could go on the Punisher would be a mass shooting. And then, uh, sure enough, one of those things happened. Um, and... I mean, I get kudos to streaming. I didn't. I, that wasn't part of my creation, um, and just the way he handled it, I thought it was genius. I thought it was actually prophetic because he didn't know that a mass shooting was going to happen that soon, in that proximity to the release of the Punisher, and so he didn't have to change anything in the Punisher. He didn't have to, and he didn't, because what he, the way he did it, Steve Lightfoot was was. I felt like it was it was it was a good position to have. Uh, it was a good conversation to start and even have in the in the, in the series. And so yeah, I mean, uh, uh, kudos to Steve uh, for that. Um, and yeah, it's it's a reality living here in America. It is a reality, and it it, it needs to be an ongoing conversation for sure. Yeah, I believe I, I completely agree with you that Steve not only did a great job with the show, but. He made a good call with that. Um, and it just, it's unfortunate that that's the world that we live in. But still, uh, let's, let's make it a little more positive. Uh, to you, yeah. question. Let's, 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 let's let it up a little bit um, on the way out of this whole conversation. Who was the most fun to work with, you know, as an actor on screen? And then who was the most fun off screen? Well, I spent, I spent so much time with uh, John uh, while shooting this. And and just just, I mean, we just had some really good moments. Uh, and he was always getting on me, man. He was always getting on me because he didn't. I couldn't eat cookies around him, man. He didn't like me eating cookies and sweets around him because he had to be the Punisher. He had to be like in crazy shape. And so he would always gig on me because I'm eating a cookie, or or, or I'm having a little piece of candy. And he's like, Yo, what kind of grown man eats a cookie? And I'm like, Yo, John. Go back off of my cookie, John. So he was, he was highly jealousy. jealous of my cookie. Yeah, yeah, he was highly jealous of my cookie. He couldn't have one. And, and so he proceeded to, like, to gig on me. And so it was fun. It was fun. It was light and some games. But, yeah, we, we kept going back. In fact, we just had recently had a conversation with that, uh, about that, <laughs> a couple of days ago. But, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> those are the funny moments on, on set. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, well, I, I, you touched upon this a little bit, but, you know, you acted in this. But then the show got made, and you don't even know exactly what's going to happen. What was it like watching the show as a viewer afterwards? Now, all right, so I was going to watch the show regardless, you know, because just a fan of the Marvel Project, especially on Netflix, because they yeah. get to be so pretty and, and real. Um, 
And so, you know, I watched it. Uh, I, I, I can't. I, I don't know. I got to try to take as much bias out of this as possible. But um, I thought it was a, a good show. Watching, I thought it was like a great show, and I was I was hyped watching it because what I read on the paper, I'm seeing it visually, and I'm seeing it work. And so, like I said to the rest of my cast, I would send them out a text and say, "Yo, I'm so proud to be a part of this project because I'm seeing it happen, and it's good." And that's a relief because we just don't know because we don't get to see anything while we're making it, and so. We see it the same time everybody else in the world gets to see it. Uh, and so I was really proud of what I saw. I thought it was really, really good. And then watching myself, when I'm watching myself, it's hard for me not to um, critique my performance and say, hey, I could have did this better or I could have tried this. And Yeah, why didn't they take this take? Um, but I also know that part of this, it's a collaborative effort. And once I'm done with my part, someone else takes over and adds their their talents to it, and that's just how it all comes together. But when I watch myself, it's 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 almost school for me because I try to learn and see if I can do things better or even keep things that I thought were great. And so when I see myself uh, uh, in The Punisher, yeah, I watch it straight through, but sometimes I, you know, I stop to evaluate and assess and think about how I could have done this better or was this good or not and what happened here and did this – did I feel what I wanted to the, the audience member to feel? And so, yeah, those are all just like kind of like self-educating things that I do when I see myself on screen or watching a Punisher. I think that's very human. And, I mean, I can even say that it's something as small as I'm probably going to listen to this interview again just to try to become better at interviewing. So I can completely see yeah. someone watching themselves as an acting role with something as big as this. I have to say that, you know, you might have tried not to be as biased. Guys, if you guys have not watched The Punisher, it is incredible. You will rip through it. I was standing on my feet in almost every episode at certain parts. Uh, besides Jason doing an amazing job, their whole cast is incredible. Um, oh, yeah. But I also, uh, where does Curtis go from here in season two of The Punisher? Well, um, wouldn't I like to know? Uh, <laughs> uh I, I don't know. Or where would you like to see him? Well, well, I would like to see Curtis get a bionic leg, right, and then have ah. all kinds of special abilities. <laughs> but I kid, I kid, I don't know. I'm just making this. I have no evidence it's going to be in season two. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, you know, it's, it, 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 totally, it could totally happen in the Marvel Universe. You know, like, like let's, let's play around. Let's say suppose Stark comes and say, hey, Curtis, won't give you a leg. He's giving every, he's giving everybody else things, so he's going to give me a leg. So oh, I would take it. I would, t- I would take a Stark leg. <laughs> well, I mean, let's let's Stark be leg. let's be quite frank. There's a character called Misty Knight who just lost her arm within the uh, Netflix universe, and she, you know, based on the character, she's probably going to get an arm back. So you see that? You know, I think you that see? that's I think that that's that's very possible for for your character Curtis to definitely have that. But, hey, Jason, I appreciate this interview. I'd love for you to come back again, especially, uh, you know, once we have you in another project, Punisher 2 or not. But um, I know that you're a busy man and you got to go, but I would like to try to get a drop from you if that would be, uh, if, that's, if that's okay. 
Absolutely fantastic, no problem. All right, so if you could just say your name, uh, that, that you're from The Punisher, and you're listening to Geek Vibes Live, that would be amazing, and go whenever you'd like. Okay, cool. All right, this is Jason R. Moore, Curtis Hoyle on The Punisher. Check it out live on Netflix. And you're listening to Geek Vibe Nation. Thank you so much, man. Um, was that good enough for you? Give any plugs? No, that was that was perfect. Okay, okay. Usually okay, have to like good. really explain someone through that whole entire thing. You you nailed it. <laughs> you got the addition. Um, <laughs> uh, is there any upcoming projects that you want to drop before uh, we exit the interview? Yeah, yeah. I got the quad. Uh, the quad's gonna be dropping in January, uh, later January. Um, I like I think January twenty first on BET. So yeah, uh, I got a nice character arc on that one. Uh, so you tune that, tune in when that comes out. All right. Well, you heard it here, Geek Fives Nation. We have Jason R. Moore. Uh, definitely check out that. Check out the Punisher. It's been a pleasure, man. Um, definitely would like to have you uh, on again on another episode. Oh, cool, brother. No problem, man. Let's talk again. Thank you for your time, buddy. All right, man. Well, you have a wonderful evening, sir. You too, buddy. All right, well, that was our interview, and I think it was one heck of a slam dunk of an interview, if you ask me. Uh, Jason played an amazing character. It was really good to know that he was a a nice, warm person in real life because he plays that for, you know, a guy that's in the military that gets a lot of stuff, including his leg, taken away from him and still tries to give back. Um, I think we could all learn from that type of retrospect of of, uh, just living. And uh, like I said, if you haven't checked out The Punisher, I'm not just saying that. Uh, because of the fact that, you know, it's it's a Marvel show, it's a superhero show. It's a great show. It, the subject matter is amazing. Some of the conversations are conversations that we need to start having as a nation. And I really truly believe that when it comes to having a middle ground with gun control and also really starting to be aware of PTSD and other mental disorders. Uh, you know, this is something that's not going to slow down. But just regardless, without me rambling, I just want to say that I'm very happy to have now interviewed two of the great actors on The Punisher. And, guys, we'll have more. Geek Fives always gets great interviews. We will always keep on getting great interviews for you guys. And just keep on listening, keep on being geeky, and that's all I got. All right. You guys have a good one. Happy holidays. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.